Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Uh, impromptu show this morning. Uh, wanted to go live, talk to Rohan, because Rohan's been doing a hell of a job, man. I don't know if you guys follow Rohan or not, but he's been going in, like, real detailed notes on every single thing. Uh, so he's going to be popping on here in just a second. Wanted to talk to him before day three because I, I don't think I'm going to be able to go live later. I'm not sure if I'll be able to go live at all until Sunday. And I'm going to be at training camp Sunday myself and on Monday. <clears throat> I'm going to be out of town. So I'll probably give you guys some live streams from on the road in the hotel or at my sister's house or Santa Cruz or somewhere. I'm going to be all around the Bay Area this weekend. So looking forward to that. Wanted to go live today. Talk to Rohan about the first two days what he's going to be looking for today, get his take on the quarterback reps, rotations, all that good stuff. Before I do that, let me jump into the comments and say what's up to Thomas. Nice to see you, Thomas. Thomas is a member. Says, good morning, Ryan, from the East Coast. Thank you, man. I want. I can't wait to go back to the East Coast, man. Absolutely loved New York when my wife and I went out there, and I, I got a lot more to see. I've been all over this country, uh, but not a lot of time on the East Coast. The only place on the East Coast I went was, was New York. Yeah, man. Uh, even though I lived in Ohio, I've seen it everywhere, but just East Coast. Like, I haven't seen D.C., I haven't seen all that stuff. So looking forward to going out there, man. Uh, but thank you, Thomas, and thank you for being a member. Brother Bob is a member as well. Brother Bob has been going in lately on the Super Chats. Uh, I've been watching them hilarious stuff. Uh, man, you keep, you keep it entertaining, man. You keep these streams entertaining. Says he's jumping in the car. Drive safe. Brother Bob, man, have a good day at work or whatever you got to get into. Top of the morning from Don't Bother Me. What's up, sir? Jaron H. Says Ryan G. Hensley. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Rod J. What's up, man? Nice to see you. And Todd is here as well. Tyler Caressi. What part of Ohio? Did you? I lived in Cincinnati, man, for a good year and a half, I think. Uh, it was cool, man. Yeah, I worked out there um, and lived there. Got my first apartment out there. So cool experience. Anyways, Rohan is backstage. I'm going to go ahead and pop Rohan back on because he has been the man lately. What's up, Ro? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm doing fantastic. I wanted to do this impromptu. I, I didn't even know I was going to live stream about 30 minutes. I'm like, I need to, I want to go on, man. I got a lot more to talk about. And then I hit up Rohan, short notice, got him on, felt lucky about that, man. You've been doing a fantastic job covering everything. And before we get started, first of all, they probably follow you on Twitter. I want to make sure everyone subscribe to your channel. So do me a favor. Tell everyone your Twitter handle and your YouTube channel so they can follow you. Yeah, 100%. Um, my Twitter handle is at Rohan Chakrav. And then my YouTube channel, we'll drop it real quick on in the chat itself. It's my full name. We'll drop it in the chat. But, uh, I mean, appreciate all the support from you guys. You guys obviously make what I do a lot more fun. So thank you guys so much for um, your your support and yeah, I mean this is gonna be a fun show. Ryan texted me at seven twenty-two this morning. Luckily, I was up because I had a meeting. But uh, hey, we're we're here and uh, ready for a fun show. 
Good, man. Good to find you. Glad you're an early riser. I get up at like 6 a.m. every day. So I'm normally uh, not an early riser. This summer has <laughs> changed my life because I have to be an early riser because I work on uh, East Coast time. So Well, yeah. you're young, man. When I was your age, I was going to bed late, waking up late. Now I go to bed early, wake up early, man. That's, that's what happens when you turn 44. Uh, real quick, I want to uh, – Blake, shout out to you, Blake, for the Super Chat. says, glad I caught alive. Uh, keep grinding. Uh, go Niners. Yes, sir. And then uh, Rohan posted his YouTube chat. When you're done here, um, Ro, in, yeah. uh, in the comments, put it in the comments. It's easier for people to find you. Sure um, thing. Yeah, will do. And then Niner by Nature says, Debo, that like button. You know what, uh, Niner by Nature? I thought you changed your name. Somebody's got that same profile picture, and I thought it was you, man. So I, I thought that was you in the profile picture. There must be somebody else because someone else is using the same name. Daryl D said this would be his X handle. Correct. Correct. It's no longer Twitter. I need to step my game up. All right, man. Ro, you have been uh, – shoot. Hold on, hold on. Let me get this one because Brother Bob has been uh, very supportive. Brother Bob says, pulled over to say, keep grinding. Keep bringing the funk, my brother. G. Hensley, I used to live in Ohio, too. Went to Notre Dame because Montana did, and it was close. Pig in a pickle. <laughs> uh, RLB2ESQ. Is that an Esquire, man? Are you an attorney? Don't text and drive. I'm just curious. All right, man. Ro, I got a lot that I want to ask you about. So, first of all, I want to get a preview of what I can expect because I'm going to be there Sunday. You're going to be there Sunday too, right? Yeah, 100%. Okay. And then are you – give me the experience. Like, what's is parking crowded? Is there a line? What time do they let you in? All that good stuff. What's it like? Yeah, so, I mean, you can get in as soon as 9 a.m., uh, parking is not that crowded. It's free, which is the best part. You know, um, normally 49ers parking for those of you guys that have gone to games is hectic. I have never parked at a game when I've gone. So um, luckily it's free. It's not that crowded. It's, um, you know, they organize it fine. You're able to park. You're able to go. They take you in shuttles to the practice facility, which is right behind the real stadium. Um, and they normally, they come very quick. You're, 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 once you get into the like uh, into past security into the ticket area, which takes a few minutes, um, within the next five minutes you're back in a shuttle and heading on. Um, so it opens at nine. I normally get there around nine thirty, nine forty-five, just because I got a morning meeting. And so once I finish that, I hop on over um, to to Levi's. But I mean, practice starts at ten fifteen. You'll see players really start coming out at nine forty-five. That's when you see the Hufangas and things like that come out, and then players really start warming up. Ten fifteen, um, probably the first half an hour or so uh, is just regular individual drills. They allow you to film. They allow you to do everything. And then around eleven o'clock, ten forty-five to eleven o'clock, they tell you to take put your phones away. You're not allowed to film anymore, and that's when they get really into some more of the uh, some more of the heightened individual drills. Maybe normally later on, it'll be one-on-ones. They haven't done one-on-ones yet because it's too early. But they'll do one-on-ones with defense, offensive line, and then obviously receivers and defensive backs. And so that's something that I'm excited to see. Potentially we'll be out there Sunday. But then after that, it's a period of scrimmages. It's 11-on-11s uh, in team drills and then also 7-on-7s. And so you'll see a mixture of both um, out there. And so that's that's really the portion that – we go out to watch, right? Individual drills are cool. You get to see maybe rotations, things like that, what the 49ers are repping, but you're truly out there for those team drills where you see 
players playing 11 on 11, 7 on 7s against each other, especially considering how good each side of the ball is for the 49ers. All right, so you can get in there at 9 a.m. So I'm going to try to do that if I can. On uh, And then best spot, I'm thinking best spots at the top, right? Because I don't have my credentials. I got to watch in the stands. So top of the bleachers. Yeah, I've been uh, – yeah, exactly. Best spots at the top so you can see. Um, sometimes it's tough because they play on the far field. Sometimes they play on the close field. First mm-hmm. day was far field. Second day was closer field. Don't know what Sunday will be because today technically is the third practice. Hopefully not the far field for you for your loan experience, but uh, um, but yeah, I I normally stand at the top. I'll come out. Um, I'll meet you there, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely uh, have a good time. Cool, man. Yeah, I I look forward to meeting you there. I know um, uh, Jesse's gonna be there, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh man, really? <laughs> On Sunday, Jesse oh, Jesse will be there. Yeah, I'll be there Sunday and Monday. Jesse will be there from Sunday. Uh, through the fourth, I believe. So yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I already told him I'm bringing my security because I mean I can't get within the five feet of that guy. And like if yeah. he just gets in a fight with somebody, I can't risk getting caught in the crossfire. You know, <laughs> I got too much on the line right now. Yeah, you know, I'm actually bringing the wife on Monday, so you you can meet my oh, wife. Sick. As well. Okay. Yeah, she's not even really a Niner fan. She's not even a football fan, but you know, she always isn't come she with like you. a isn't she like not a Bay Area fan? She's like. Yeah, I forget. You said it a while ago, but she's, she's, like, she's from I, L.A. She's a Laker fan. Oh, she doesn't go. really yeah. watch baseball, but if she was, she would just be petty and say the Dodgers because I like the Giants. And then uh, her family all loves the Niners, but she's like loyal to the soil. She's like kind of like refuses to like any team. Um, and, but if she said if I did, I don't know if I'd like the Niners because I'm from L.A. and I don't do that, even though her whole family's is Niner fans. So uh, it is fun, man. She, but, yeah, I'm going to bring her just to give her that experience. And then we're going to like Santa Cruz or something after that. But uh, yeah, man, good experience. Yeah. It'll definitely be a good experience. Yeah. I'm going to have to find out where, when I'm streaming and all that. Cause um, you know, I'm going to have the wife with me and then I'm going to be traveling. So it's going to be fun. I'll be doing a lot of streams on the road. What have you found to be the best? I know you've been covering the shit out of this team and uh, for everyone, again, who's not following you, go follow him. Cause he, he not only is, is tweeting stuff out and, making videos after with Marco. He's also writing four or five articles a day that are just very excellent, like showing every little detail, man. You guys got to follow Rohan. I'm telling you, he's, he's doing a phenomenal job covering the team, this training camp. So make sure you're following him. Um, but yeah, I, 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 how are you able to balance everything? It's a lot for you right now, right? I mean, it is a lot. Like I essentially start work at seven 30 in the morning and then mm-hmm. end work at seven because I'm, also doing something outside of this, but it's like, I mean, I enjoy the grind and the way that I, the way that I look at it, right. Everything you see in the morning when I'm tweeting on Twitter, I love, and I hate it because some people love to twist narratives, especially yesterday. Cause I tweeted that Trey Lance struggled. I also tweeted the other quarterback struggled, but there were some plays that I thought that they did well. Mm-hmm. People immediately go and sublink my tweet. I saw like 30 of these sublinking my tweet to what Grant said or to what somebody else said and said, oh, my God, look at your boy Wonder saying um, that Trey Lance struggled and things like that. Y'all got to understand, like just because I said two of five and that he struggled doesn't mean that the world is over or something. And so for me, 
I'm a guy of context. That's what I started last offseason. like to see a lot of other people also doing that as well now. Um, but I'm a guy of context. So on my shows, I break down every single throw and really every single major play telling people what I saw because in a way it helps me catch myself. Oh, did I miss a detail where I initially, what I, what I initially talked about earlier, because it's in a way a trial by error. When I go on my show, I, I like, because of my time, I stream immediately when I get home. And so I haven't read, I, I carry a notebook with me. I haven't read my notebook once from the time I leave the stadium to the time I get home because I get home normally late past what my stream time is i click stream immediately when i get home and then i'm going through my notes for the first time when i'm going on stream and so it kind of tells when you're going right back through it you get to visualize the plays at least i do and it it helps me kind of talk about everything in a certain manner and then to me my goal is if i'm out there i'm trying to break it down as best as i can for you guys so that's where the article portion comes in where i can break it down into little chunks i break down the offense which kind of gives a a highlight to every other position but the quarterbacks break down the defense gives you the the rundown of how different players played at each position on defense and then i break down the quarterbacks as well break down every single throw in detail to give you guys some context behind why a two of seven might not be as bad as a two of seven sounds why a two of five might not be as bad as a two of five sounds why some good days might be worse than what you expect on the uh when given statistics based on the context of those throws and so that's the way that i try and look at it and i'm obviously always open to interpretation if people have questions if people disagree with the way that they saw a throw compared to me i'm open to discussion but i try my goal is put all of my thoughts out there have you guys hear what exactly what i'm seeing as if you're there and then you guys interpret it as you wish. right on man so uh real quick before i get into let me get this um super chat from niner by nature right on man twenty dollars thank you very much brother uh trade better show up and show out no time to wither under the pressure. Oh, yeah, it's me. Sometimes he's my Google name. So first of all, thank you very much for the super chat. Rohan and I are going to talk about this in a second. But before we get to the quarterbacks, um, Niner by Nature and Ro, I I wanted to talk about some other people, some people that I'm very curious about, some people that I'm going to be trying to watch. I know everyone's drawn to the quarterback. When you watch football, you mostly watch the quarterback. So it's going to be hard for me to, to really focus in on these guys. But this is a long one for you. I should probably Let's take the tick. I should probably take the ticker off, actually, so we, so you can just kind of uh, see them all. So these are the guys that I want. Now I know it's a lot. You don't have to spend a lot of time, or we'll be here all day. But these are the guys I'm really curious about going into uh, training camp outside of the quarterback position. So let me ask you, uh, first of all, what have you seen from Drake Jackson so far? Impressive. Impressive. So Drake Jackson's the guy who I automatically am like, I'm putting my eyes on this guy because we've heard everything, right? This guy has bulked up 15 pounds. This guy looks yoked. That's great and all, but it only matters about what you do on the field. First day, not too much action from Drake Jackson. He was the DE1, but I put him on my players to watch list for day two. Why? Because I said, if there's a guy who you've got to watch, right, especially with the opportunity he's currently receiving, no Nick Bosa. He's out there. Drake Jackson's the top defensive end on the team. And he's going up against Trent Williams today, yesterday. He impressed me, man. He got he got the better of Trent twice. 
um, uh, and probably in around you know 10 to 15 reps somewhere around there. But Drake Jackson impressed me. The number one thing that stood out is his bend. Trent Williams is a technician, the best technician in this game, potentially arguably the best technician this game has ever seen with the uh, combination of strength and speed that he has. But Jackson's bend and his speed, his sheer speed, he was able to get underneath the arms of Trent Williams and then around him. And of course, some some left tackles want to flush the uh, flush, obviously, that guy outside. Don't let him inside the pocket. But what does that do for the 49ers when you've got this specific defensive line? Quarterback has to step up, and immediately you get a flurry of pressure from the inside. So Drake Jackson was able to help with two different sack opportunities for the interior guys and for a blitzer um, yesterday by doing that. And he beat Drake Jackson. Uh, sorry, he beat Trent Williams on that accord. Again, one day of practice, no pads, so we can't truly gauge the physicality there. But Drake Jackson was a guy who I thought impressed yesterday for the first time. And that was important to me, understanding the matchup that he has and going up against the first team offensive line where everybody was there yesterday, including Trent Williams. So I don't want to spend too much time on one player, but that is great news, man. That that excites me because and I figured that's what the Niners were doing. You know, everyone was looking for them to sign another DN. Um, but I feel like this whole time, the Niners in their head, they're like, no, nah, we got Drake Jackson, kind of like they're doing with the next guy I want to ask you about. Um, I feel like the Niners, again, are like, no, nah, we're good. We got Colton McKivitz, and they believe in him. They see something in him that maybe this fan base hasn't been able to see yet. Uh, I know it's damn near impossible to grade an offensive lineman with no pads, and that's what I'm looking forward to on, I think, Mondays when they're actually going to put pads on so I can see more of Colton McKivitz. But have you noticed anything with Colton McKivitz so far? Now, again, like you said, no pads, so I'm going to give this guy an incomplete grade. But the one thing that I will say, pass protection, I'm only going to grade when pads are there. As for run game, there was one stretch yesterday that I thought impressed me from the running backs and from the offensive line. The very first set of plays, of course, all the action or all the all the eyes were on Brock Purdy. And so people might view the first set of plays as disappointing because Brock Purdy through an incompletion on his lone passing attempt. However, in that first set of four plays that they ran in 11-on-11s, three of them were runs, and one of them was to the right side, and that was a, 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 a nice game. The 49ers are doing well with these cutback type of opportunities where they go from one side, cut back, and then you have a, ba- a, a, a block on the back side that helps you with these cutback opportunities, and that's where they're getting a good amount of yards in a few of these plays. I will say this. They're not going to show a reluctance to run to the right side, at least not in training camp, which is good because we can see truly uh, we can gauge the effectiveness of it. Day one, it wasn't as effective and no Christian McCaffrey, of course, uh, but day one, it wasn't as effective. There were a lot more runs stuffed. um, And so you saw the backups. Tyron Davis Price running with the second and third team was a lot more effective. Day two, though, the, the Elijah Mitchell ran very well, but it was it was fluid. Um, you know, I thought that it was a little more effective when running to both sides. And so that's something I'll continue to watch. Uh, obviously, an incomplete grade on McKivitz without pads. You can't truly gauge the physicality that he presents. You can't truly gauge everything. But yesterday, the one positive I will say is I thought the run game worked well with the first unit at several, uh, on certain occasions, especially at the beginning. And I thought that they also balanced the runs from the left to the right side. Okay, cool. And um First of all, how, how much time do you have? So I know how many how many of these people we can cover. How much time do you have today before you have to get out of here? I can go probably till nine. 
Okay, cool. So that's that's great. All right. So Colton McKibbins, we talked about him. Javon Kinlaw, man. How, what have you seen from Javon so far? Javon, man. Javon's another impressive guy. Um, and uh, I'll say this. Not everybody on this list will be an impressive guy, but it's a nice list of players that you've picked up. But Javon yeah. Kinlaw is a guy who stood out. Day one, Javon Kinlaw was the top defensive tackle on the team in team drills because um, they rested Ark Armstead and Javon Hargrave. So it was Kinlaw and Kevin Givens. And, I mean, first of all, Kinlaw's shape, is, it looks one of the best that he's been in. He looks a little slimmer, but he also, I mean, he looks as strong as he was before. He looks in general. And mm-hmm. I'll say this. As an offensive lineman, you don't want to face Javon Kinlaw without pads, man, because that guy, he, he can bully you. And Kinlaw yeah. has been disruptive so far. Um, the good thing is he hasn't had to take plays off or anything. He doesn't look injured at all, and his his pure strength was there. Uh, he bull rushed Jalen Moore yesterday on a rush where he he was from the he was from the interior, curled out to the outside, and just bull rushed Jalen Moore um, as uh, you know and uh, got him to the floor uh, on a play and different things like that. Kinlaw he he's blown up a couple of run plays. He's moving well, and his strength is there. The true question with Kinlaw will always be his availability, but I'm saying Kinlaw looks in good shape this year, and he will definitely be in competition for one of those 10 spots uh, should the 49ers carry 10 defensive linemen. And I think that, yeah, I think he's uh, he's definitely in the mix. I got to say, yeah. say one thing away from this. I have not seen T.Y. McGill yet. And that was interesting. I, I've noticed this two days in a row. Haven't seen T.Y. McGill. I don't know what's what's up with him. Maybe I'm just completely missing him. But that was a guy who I picked to be potentially on the 53-man roster. Have not seen him there in two days. Yeah, that's interesting. Also, th- he's not on this list, but since you brought up T.Y. McGill, I want to bring up uh, Kalia Davis. H- how's he mm-hmm. looking this year? Have you seen anything from him? Yeah, um, he's a guy who I can't say has impressed yet. He's worked primarily with the third team defense and it seems tough for him to crack the upper rotation he's a guy who i've gone back and forth on because in my mind he's a guy who i believe can make the roster this year he's a guy who i had a lot of promise for potentially even crack uh the higher rotation and they're going to make him work for it but it might be tough for him to crack the top four because you've got the the two big guys in Ark armstead and javon hargrave and then the 49ers have liked the pedigree obviously of kevin givens when he's played, and then Javon uh, Javon Kinlaw looks good, so it's tough to crack that top four. Leah Davis is strictly working with the third team. When you do that, it limits your reps overall. And I can't say he's necessarily flashed yet. Obviously, we'll look when pads come on and if he gets a bigger opportunity continuing forward. All right, cool, man. Let's let's keep it moving. And I'm not going to talk too much because I haven't been there yet. You're the one that's there, so I'm just going to keep asking you questions. Uh, Sam Womack, I've heard he's. You know, he changed his name from 26 back to his college number zero. And, you know, to me, Sam Womack was that Hufanga type player that I saw. Uh, you know, when Hufanga's rookie year, he really flashed to me. He was always around the ball, and a lot of people were down on him. Like, I think this dude's going to be legit. Uh, nobody's really down on Womack, but he is the same type of player, whereas he's flashing. Whenever he gets on the field last year, he was, he was around the ball, flashing, making plays. And I've heard he's had a good camp so far. Is that true? And what have you seen from Sam Womack? Looking good. Yesterday was the day that he truly flashed. And the interesting thing, the 49ers are truly playing him as an outside cornerback. No reps in the slot so far. He's the top outside cornerback on this team with the second team defense. Has worked primarily with Ambry Thomas. Deshaun Jamison, the undrafted free agent, has rotated sometimes in with Ambry Thomas. But 
He's got an opportunity, and he's looked good. Um, had a pass breakup yesterday where Sam Donald just telegraphed the pass on a, on a deeper shot uh, towards the middle. Um, had a pass breakup, but he's had a couple of good coverage plays. Had one on an incompletion of Juwan Jennings from Trey Lance. Um, the one that was a near well, I call it a near interception because it was tipped up and then somebody nearly caught it. But um, he was the guy in coverage on that play when the linebacker, Demetrius Flanagan Fouts, tipped it up. Good coverage there. I thought he was draped all over him. And then he's had a couple of good coverage plays. You know, he's he he. I think he's given up one kind of somewhat major catch. But apart from that, it's been a pretty good start to camp for Samuel Womack. And at least right now, Coming into camp, I had a little less optimism. How is the how's the backups for for this position going to be? Especially because you might count on them. A little more optimism, understanding how Samuel Womack looks. He looks a little bigger too. He looks a little bigger. Um, I, I wonder what his weight is at right now. Maybe 195, closer, maybe closer to 200 than it was to one uh, uh, to 190 this year, which is a, a little bit of a better sign. Also saw a good play of him uh, in run defense yesterday. Cool, man. So is so Sam is only playing outside corner. He's not playing nickel, right? And so who's backing yeah. up? Uh, who's backing up Isaiah Oliver? Who I'm going to talk to you about. I guess we could just go straight to Isaiah Oliver too. But who's backing up Isaiah Oliver at the nickel then? So it's a couple of things. Um, one, they're running their base package a lot. So you see a lot of three linebacker packages out so far. Obviously, um, the the deeper install normally comes in the later days so you might see it starting sunday or monday um where you might see a little more sub and maybe that's when womack moves in a little more but right now it's a variation Quantrez knight has been in there they've thrown a couple of safeties in there i think jair brown saw uh maybe a rep or two same with taylor hawkins with the third team saw a rep or two but Quantrez knight has kind of been in there um as the as the backup nickel Okay, how so Quantra's look, man? Like he looked a little like last year. I remember seeing clips of him where he kind of stood out to me. Do you, do you think he has a future? Any chance of making this team? I'd say right now it's on the outside looking in. Last year, the way that I saw it, I, I viewed him when he got signed as a nickel safety hybrid. Um, but it became apparent, a little apparent to me he struggled at the nickel last year in camp. Um, so they moved him out to safety where he looked a little better. Um, I, I I don't know if he's. It, it'll take some time to see if he's improved at nickel this year. Um, yeah. He'll have to get targeted a bit, but he was a little like in coverage. His feet were a little slow last year. He mm-hmm. um, so he was one step behind, and that kind of caused some grabbiness and things like that. But Knight's a guy who we all have um, some high aspirations for to potentially make this roster, and I think that the 49ers, you know. They could add 10 defensive backs to this team, and that means that there's an open spot on the back end where a guy like Quantrez Knight with some versatility could sneak in. At the moment, won't say he's flashed, but we'll look forward to him going forward. So as of right now, he's probably practice squad guy, but maybe yeah. maybe he might have a chance. Okay. Um, and everyone forgive me. I didn't use spell, spell check on any of my typing this morning, so if I'm spelling these names wrong, I apologize, but – uh, what's up with uh, Javon Hargrave, man? You notice anything from him? Obviously, he's a big dude, and he, he's a specimen out there as far as his size. But has he looked effective at all? Has he taken a lot of reps? What have you seen with him? Yeah, I mean, somebody made a comment yesterday that he's got kind of a beer belly, but he moves quick. So mm-hmm. don't 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 get a don't 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 get a phased by the way that he looks. But Javon Hargrave, um, yesterday was a good day for him. 
Uh, first day he didn't play uh, in team drills. They pulled him and Arc Armstead out, so really nothing on the first day. Yesterday he looked good, though. I didn't necessarily focus specifically on the interior uh, on some of these plays, but you could see Javon Hargrave, he got a sack yesterday, got a pressure on another play. You could see his name pop up um, up in there. So yesterday he looked good. Yesterday he looked good. We'll continue to see how exactly is he getting inside, how, uh, how is he getting to the quarterback on some of these plays. But yesterday was a good day for him. Got a sack, got a pressure on the play. Cool. And Isaiah Oliver, I heard it wasn't the best day from him. He hasn't really done much yet. I, I don't know, though. That's one opinion I heard. What What's your take on Isaiah Oliver so far? Yeah, I would say he hasn't flashed either. Um, I, I, I don't know if it was, like, a bad day necessarily for him. If he gave, Like, he, he might have given up uh, uh, a couple of catches, uh, maybe two um, yesterday. But I wouldn't say nothing, like, too, too major. Um, to where like I'm worried at all. Um, the one thing I'll say is it's pretty clear they they have full confidence in him as the nickel. Like there's no competition, right? If there was competition, Samuel Womack would see some nickel snaps, but there's no competition so far at the nickel. Oliver seems like their guy, but I mean he hasn't made like a big play or anything yet, so not flashed necessarily so far. All right, and I heard Danny Gray is actually getting targets and looking pretty good. What have you seen from Danny Gray so far? Interesting, because Danny Gray, so the 49ers, right, they rotate everybody in. So you'll see the three guys play sometimes with the ones at receiver. You'll see the two guys play. And this is a lot of Danny Gray to get some reps with the ones. Um, Gray, it's interesting, though. He hasn't always gotten the reps with the ones at the outside. I mean, uh, in the slot, he's also seen some outside reps. And he's getting a lot of targets. He's getting a, you know, he's getting a lot of run. Some nice, strong catches from Danny Gray. He had a, a nice one yesterday. Sam Donald tried to fit it in within a tough window. Don't know necessarily if you like the, the throw, but he, he, I mean, he had confidence. He fired it in there and he got it in between the second and third windows with the defenders uh, crashing in. Womack, uh, sorry, not Womack, Danny Gray made a strong catch, um, uh, a good placement on the ball from Darnold. Danny Gray made a strong catch there. Um, he also had a deep shot on day one. Um, from Darnold where he beat Ambry Thomas. It's just the ball had a little too much air under it. it, was also to the inside. If it's to the outside or if it's in front of him as expected, probably a touchdown for Danny Gray. So a couple of good plays. We'll continue to see really the biggest question I had coming out of, uh, coming out of college for him is the uh, combination of route running and speed. He's got great speed. Route tree was very limited. When he added that route running to the speed, it slowed him down at times. So right now, it doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems like he's continued to develop, but he's a guy where, you know, one, obviously he's going to have to block, which is uh, important, but also he's got a, uh, I'm continuing to, to see how does that route running alter uh, when he's running different routes in, uh, with the speed that he has. But so far, so good for Danny Gray. And, you know, he could see some reps in 2023. Cool, man. It's good to hear at least there's some kind of improvement there. Uh, three more that I want to ask you about before we move on to something else. But uh, Cameron Latu, man, the tight end, the 49ers drafted, I think, what was that, a fifth round? <clears throat> third rounder, yeah, for round. uh, Cameron Latu. Oh, yeah, third round. And then Wilkes was? Uh, yeah, Willis right. was the seventh, yeah. Willis, yeah. Willis, sorry. Sorry, I messed that all. <laughs> but Cameron Latu, man, I, the 49ers haven't had a good tight end, too, to me and since they've had – George Kittle, he's kind of been the lone tight end on the team. Do you think Cameron Latu is playing well? Do you think he has a chance to have an effect on this team and be a decent tight end too for us? Yeah, it's up and down. So the good part for the backup tight ends is Kittle has been in and out for team drills. Yesterday he didn't play. Uh, sorry, two days ago he didn't play. Day one he didn't play. And yesterday he was like limited. And so that allows – 
um, Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly to be the first team tight ends. Um, Latu, I think, was sprinkled in there on a play or two uh, yesterday. And then Latu and Willis to be the backup tight ends, but they're getting a lot more reps. And with the shorter area install, it's a lot more to the tight ends, feeding the tight ends to get them out and things like that. And Latu had a drop on day one from Trey Lance. Um, you know, it, it was questionable where he, I thought Lance kind of put the ball out ahead of him a little more, but also I thought, you know, it's a ball where he had his hands on it. The defender was behind him, but uh, I thought it's a ball where he had his hands on it. He got to strongly secure that ball a little more, but overall Latu's looked all right so far. Um, you know, um, hasn't really been many downfield reps. It's a lot of these check down type of reps for both him and Brayden Willis. So you can't really gauge the route running or the, 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 the full-on speed as much, but he's looked solid so far. We'll be curious to see how he run blocks because I've said um, that really who becomes TE2 on day one is who can run block and have a solid combination of pass catching skills. Charlie Warner is not a pass catcher. Dropped a very easy pass yesterday in his lone passing attempt or his lone uh, lone attempt. Um, so he's not a pass catcher, but he's a good blocker, and I think that's what put him on, puts him on the field week one. We'll be interested to see when they continue to rep with pads. How does Latu serve as a blocker? And Willis, he's not on this list, but uh, someone mentioned, I think it was David Hasselhoff, said he thought Willis, yeah, he thought Willis looked better than Latu from what he saw when he was there. Did you notice Willis jump out at all? Yeah, I mean, he's looked better in that he hasn't had a drop. Again, these are pretty easy passes um, so far. It's like a lot of checkdowns, a lot of quick out routes and things like that. Um, but both guys are getting targeted a good amount. Willis has not had a drop yet, so that's the positive aspect. I think they're flashing in that they're getting a lot of opportunity. It's just how much do you weigh in that opportunity given the routes that, they, uh, that they're running and things like that. So it's a, like in my mind, they've had a solid start. I'm going to look to see what more they can do as camp continues on. All right, so this next guy, uh, Laburn, was uh, brought to my attention early uh, when we when we signed him. Uh, he's an undrafted free agent running back. Uh, he's a burner. He's got wheels. I think he clocked a 4-3 something, um, 40 time, which is crazy. In OTAs, I know it is like Grant was talking highly of him, but then he saw him in OTAs and said nothing really flashed. But then he, he said yesterday he was – Really good. What have you seen for from Labor? Yeah, I mean Laborn or Laborn or how, however you say his name. Um, so the first thing on day one, I, when I looked at him, I was like, "Dang, he's a little tiny, not in size, but he's like five ten, and so he stood out." I was like, "Oh," uh, because I'm I'm trying to figure out uh, the, the undrafted free agent running backs, and I see Ronald Awat, and then I see Callum Laborn. Awat's not that tall either. He's probably five eleven. Laybourne's probably maybe 5'10", probably closer to 5'9". But um, I saw both of them, and they, you know, they got a good amount of carries yesterday. And I thought, you know, it's going to be tough, right, for these undrafted free agents to prove themselves, just like it was with Mason last year, because just because of the sheer volume and that you're playing third defense every single time. But Laborn's speed and power combination is good. And that's something that – he's an NFL running back. I mean um, – for me, that's something that I look at, especially every year, that running back position, because some way or another, the 49ers are finding some NFL-level guys with the undrafted pool, and you know that's those are the guys who you generally have to make look at or look out for uh, as camp continues, not only for this year but for the year after. LeBourne's a guy who I think is a he's he's an NFL-level running back, whether that's in San Francisco or not, because they're already carrying four guys. I don't think TDP gets cut. So they're already carrying four guys on top of Juice. 
Whether yeah. he's he makes the roster this year or not, that's a question. But he's certainly turning heads. And that's the reason that I had TDP on the bubble coming into camp is just because, well, it's not necessarily due to TDP, although you want to see him obviously improve on last year. It's due to can one of those undrafted guys push Callum LeBourne? I don't think Awatt's played bad either, Ronald Awatt. LeBourne's probably the better one in my opinion. But um, yeah, solid start for Callum LeBourne so far. Yeah, I was worried for TDP. I heard TDP had a good, at least uh, day one. So good day one, yeah. Yeah, so that makes it tougher for guys like Labor. And I think they're probably going to try to sneak him on a practice squad. But this guy's, he's probably, he would be the fastest running back on the team. He was a five star recruit coming out of high school. He was, damn. I think he had an ACL injury that set him back in his draft stock and everything. But uh, this guy's legit, man, and he gives gives the 49ers something I don't think they have with these other running backs, and that's just a pure speed back. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can actually make it. They're probably going to try to sneak him on the practice squad and keep TDP if everything continues at the same trajectory. Uh, but he's a guy I think you, you sh- that everyone should be watching. Uh, last guy I haven't heard nothing about at all. Uh, what's up with Ronnie Bell, man? Is he going to be able to compete and make this team, or what are you seeing from Ronnie Bell? And unfortunately, you're not really going to hear anything from me. The way that it looks, the 49ers have their receiver depth set, uh, depth chart set. Ronnie Bell could definitely compete, and uh, the biggest way for these receivers to flash is really one-on-ones. That's where I was like, Tay Martin's that guy last year. And that's the, that's why I thought if anybody was going to make a push for that sixth spot, it was going to be Tay Martin uh, or Malik Turner. And Turner ended up being on the practice squad and getting called up. Tay Martin was that guy last year. Ronnie Bell could be that guy this year, but so far not too much out of him. He's, you know, they've they've really repped those five guys because the way that uh, practice works for these receivers. They mix in a lot of players, but they also mix in the ones with the twos. So you'll see Debo and Ayuk run with Sam Darnold in the twos or Trey Lance in the twos. And so, you know, that limits the reps sometimes for those really backup guys uh, to try and get on the field because it's truly only with the threes that you'll see them. Sometimes they get sprinkled in here and there. So it's just a lack of reps. But I also think the 49ers are truly repping their top five guys a lot. Danny Gray, Debo, Granite Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, and then obviously um, – Ray Ray McLeod and even Ray Ray McLeod, you know, I haven't seen too much. He had one nice play yesterday, but overall, I, I, I'd say right now, Ronnie Bell's on the outside looking in. If I were to guess, I'd say what I said in my 53 man projection, um, five, five wide receivers with the same five being uh, the five from last year. You brought up a guy that I, I just want to touch on also is um, Tay Martin. Uh, he seems like also another, or like a receiver that gives the 49ers a little something that they don't have because he, he's got some decent speed. But he's also big body, like long arms. Like he can make uh, plays that maybe some of these smaller receivers can't. You hear a lot of good things about him, but again, it seems like that wide receiver spot is kind of sewed up. I'm, I do question Ray Ray and maybe even Jawan. I'm probably full of shit. And I think, you know, Jawan and Ray Ray will probably end up being those guys. But I do wonder if they got a little bit of competition more than they think um but what have you seen from tay martin has he flashed at all this year yeah i mean tay martin was my guy last year he was he was he was my top undrafted receiver and this year i even said if any if there's a competition i think tay martin edges out uh sorry ronnie bell just because i think the 49ers don't have that size comparison apart from Jawan jennings on this team and i think that that would be valuable whether you play him on the outside or on the inside because martin's a really good route runner and that's where Martin might not be the fastest 40 guy, but his route running really excels his speed. There are a couple of players where they're 
they're route running technicians, and that excels their speed because they're able to do it so fluidly. However, Tay Martin did have a drop, a constant a wide open drop yesterday. Um, I forget who the quarterback was. That was uh, one. Uh, uh, you know, when you have not too many opportunities, those missed opportunities kind of stand out. And so that stood out to me. Tamar did have a drop. I'm expecting him to cook again in one-on-ones this year. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's suited for the practice squad again. And then when guys like Jawan and Ray Ray move forward next year, you might see – two more in Ronnie Bell and uh, Tay Martin kind of step in in their spots and uh, compete next year. That's the way that I look at it right now. But obviously things can change. The reason I think Jawan Jennings is a lock just because that blocking ability, it's something the 49ers cherish. And I don't think they are going to get with any other receiver on their team. As for Ray Ray McLeod, I think he fits the gadget role a little better than Ronnie Bell. You might see them in terms of similar, uh, similar stature, but I think he fits that gadget role a little more than Ronnie Bell. And also, special teams, right? Uh, that's the top thing for Ray yeah. Ray McLeod. That's the top thing for a guy like Oren Burks and George Odom, where you're seeing them getting more reps because special teams is important and the team truly values that. And I saw that they put Danny Gray, you brought up special teams. They put Danny Gray back to receive, was it punts or kickoffs? Um, which is interesting. I know he was behind. It's probably going to be Ray Ray's job, but if something was to happen to Ray Ray, they pop Danny Gray. And that's kind of exciting to me with his speed. And I'm looking, I just want to see Danny Gray, play football so maybe he gets opportunity there this year if if they I, it's probably just a safety backup for ray ray is probably what they're thinking but it was cool to see him back there fielding punts and kickoffs no i agree because that was something that i pointed to on danny gray's film at a college because he was a dominant uh you know he was a he was a good re- returner both in the kick and the run game uh, in the kick and the punt game and so i was like would it be smart to split up reps Ray Ray McLeod Harry, uh, carry the punt return reps and Danny Gray carry the kick return reps kind of to have each guy fo- uh, hone in on one, focus on that on their craft at one and excel at that one category. Um, that was, Yesterday was the first day that I really saw punt. I didn't see punt on uh, the day before. And again, it's like they're not really punting because Mitch Wisnowski can't kick. So they're doing the uh, – they're shooting it out of the machine. And so these two are the two that I'm seeing – these two are the lone two that I saw yesterday um, handling any of the punt return kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, it's cool to see. Hopefully, uh, you know, again, it's probably insurance, but maybe we see some reps like that, just like we saw reps of Debo uh, sprinkled in last year as well. Well, right on, man. Thank you for going through that list with me. I'm going to go ahead and take that down here. Now here's my question. Uh, who's standing out or who is uh, – surprising you the most like which guy did you not expect to see look so good and who is like surprising you surpassing your expectations so far or it could just be who the best player is I mean we've all heard Ayuk is out there balling but it'd be nice if there's someone else that pops up in your head yeah and before I get to it I mean talking about Ayuk I've been like so immune to Ayuk just making play after play that when he dropped a pass yesterday I was like oh is that that's still possible like uh, it was, it was a funny ball because Purdy had layered a perfect pass um, right over Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. Demetrius Flanagan Fowles jumped high and it was just over his hands. And then it was right to Ayuk. And I think Ayuk was even shocked that Purdy made that throw because he jumped up and he went for the ball and just a concentration drop. And I was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize Brandon Ayuk dropped uh, could drop passes still, but um, no, Ayuk's, Ayuk's obviously been a standout yesterday. I didn't put him on the list just because of the drop, 
the day before he was on my standout list. Made a standout list on day one. Um, day one consisted of a lot of stars. Ayuk was one. The one lone surprise was Tyring Davis Price. I, uh, I was I was truly uh, truly shocked with the way that he ran on day one because. Yes, last year, right? He'd bounce it out a lot. He'd bounce it out, and that that that'd be part of his indecisiveness. And obviously, he doesn't have like that true speed to hit the edge like that. But what he does have is good burst. And when you mix that good burst with him running downhill and him being decisive, it's it's truly something to watch. And that was the case on Monday, right? He got opportunity. He hit the hole a lot, and and then he was able to bounce it out or sorry uh, not bounce it out but change his change of direction is very smooth and so he was able to go left or go right and uh have a couple of nice runs that was something uh definitely i watched and he was a standout probably the best running back on day one um the other standouts on day one were players like fred warner had a really nice play on a pass breakup that you guys saw on video and then talano funga had a really nice play on a pass breakup as well but day two was a lot of players that you know aren't necessarily like those elite players that you'd uh, that you'd think. Javon Kinlaw made my list. Elijah Mitchell was the best runner yesterday. I mean, it seemed like he had a fire lit on him after TDP, you know, had a great day one. Him and Mason were running hard. Mason trucked the guy without pads. Like he was running hard. Don't and I know, I heard, I heard I know, he chucked Guy Brown. That's the one. I love Mason, but don't hit my guy Brown without pads, please, sir. Yeah, and I know a lot of people, like, some people were like, yeah, yeah, let's chill, let's chill, let's make sure that, you know, you don't hit them on that. But it just represented the physicality that those two ran with. Mitchell was yeah. the best running back yesterday. I mean, but when Mitchell when Mitchell's, like, on, it's a it's a, it's a a work of art, right? He, he got a good amount of reps yesterday. McCaffrey was there, played very little. But when Mitchell's on, I mean, he's 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 a a, a nice piece of uh the nice piece of art to watch, you know. And so he was he 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 was a guy who clearly stood out yesterday. Mentioned him earlier, Drake Jackson and Samuel Womack. Those were guys that stood out yesterday. Javon Kinlaw as well. And then I'll just show I'll, I'll throw a little shout out because nobody else will. Jake Moody. Um, he 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 made all of his field goals yesterday, and I mean the biggest one was the one to end practice kicked a 51 yarder they like we were watching how far back are they going to go kick the 51 yarder he probably had like nine ten more yards maybe on that kick so he's got a he's yeah. got a he, the one good thing about him he's got a leg to him he's got to prove it on the field but he's got a leg to him yeah it's a different thing when it, on game day with that pressure but it sounds like he's up for it at least in college and he's got the leg all right so let's move on to struggles who have you noticed that kind of disappointed you a little bit who's struggling. Maybe you didn't expect to see him in that, in that category. This is tough, right? Because I don't normally categorize struggles um, this early, but got to easily go to the quarterbacks. Brock Purdy mm. struggled. Brock Purdy struggled. And uh, that's, uh, that's something to say. Now, when I, like I, I said a tweet yesterday where he bounced back, it's just because there was this three or four stretch plays where I really like what Brock Purdy did in 11s or it was either in seven or, or 11s. It was a, a really nice stretch where he hit Ayuk on a, uh, on about a 20 to 25 yard play, great placement on that ball. And then he hit Ayuk again on that drop pass. He had a, he had a solid stretch of plays, but still two of seven is not like a great place. You know, it's not great. And so, yeah, I broke you, down you every, two of seven for Purdy. Uh, I think uh, I had it at, yeah, I think Grant um, – so I added it two of seven and three sacks. So mm -hmm. some of those sack throws, it's two interpretation because the defense doesn't go and tackle you, right? It's it's what you believe was going to be a sack. I thought he got sacked three times of the day. Okay. All right. So that makes sense. All right. Yeah, it, that's the thing. People need to understand about the statistics that we're seeing coming out of camp. 
a lot of them are very, um, you know, it's a matter of interpretation, right? Exactly. Uh, right. You disappeared on us, bro. <laughs> One sec. I am just connecting the uh, computer. No, charger. I'll be back. It's all good. I still hear your voice. That's all that matters. But yeah. Um, so anyways, I want to talk about quarterbacks. You brought them up. That's the main thing that everyone wants to hear about. But I wanted to start off by talking about everything else because I think like we're all we're talking about is quarterbacks. Right. So here's my take on the quarterback thing. And I, I think I tweeted it out this morning that it's not really about, you know, day to day. It's really about the accumulation of what they get. Absolutely. Right? Um, and so they're going to have good days and bad days statistically. Um, but it's really about, you know, are they making good throws or bad throws, good decisions, bad decisions? That's really more important than completion percentage and attempts, in, in my uh, opinion. Um, but I'm struggling with what I'm hearing. And I know it's early. Maybe I need more patience with Kyle Shanahan. But splitting up Rex. Oh, no. Hell no. We don't need patience with Kyle after what he did yesterday. Come on now. All right. Talk to me. You were there. I don't understand this at all, bro. Like, this is the – this, like, we could talk about everything that went wrong yesterday. The biggest thing that went wrong is this QB2 rep split. So, for some reason, Kyle Shanahan, totally fine. Brock Purdy, you get all the QB1 reps. That's what you said. Totally good with that. However, Sam Darnold and Trey Lance got a very minimal amount of reps to what they should have gotten yesterday. Because Brandon Allen took all of the QB3 reps. And you might be thinking, oh, yeah, he's the third quarterback. He'll play with the third stringers. No, he took, like, because they go first team, second team, third team. First team, second team, third team. So the way it goes is it started with Brock Purdy. Trey Lance was QB2. And then it wasn't Sam Darnold who followed. It was Brandon Allen. And then they start over. Brock Purdy, then Sam Darnold, then Brandon Allen. So of the first six sets... Trey Lance got one rep. Brock Purdy got two sets of reps. Sam Donald got one set. And Brandon Allen got two sets of reps. So Trey Lance and Sam Donald are playing once every five sets of reps instead of once every three. Not only does that mess up with their rhythm, because you're off the field for maybe 20 to 25 minutes at, uh, uh, at a stage in time, depending on how quick these reps go. But you're also just – you're not getting as much reps as you want. And the whole point of this offseason, right – Kyle Shanahan has said that he wants to he wants these guys to compete. He's not allowing that that opportunity if Trey Lance and Sam Darnold are sitting here on the back burner. Now, when you look at the stats, right, it's a uh, you know Brock Purdy had seven um, uh, passes, Sam Darnold only had five, Trey Lance only had five, and so you might see oh the pass disparity wasn't that much, but again in these reps there's a lot of runs going on. So maybe 75% of like Purdy probably took 20, 20 reps maybe or, or so. Um, and maybe only seven of them were throws in seven on seven, something like that. The issue is not only the throwing, it's the reps as well. And you're not getting those reps because Brandon Allen's taking them away. If, if you tr like, to me, this questions things because, like, why are you giving Brandon Allen all the quarterback three reps? Do you anticipate him making the roster? Because if, for, for whatever reason, Trey Lance or Sam Darnold gets traded or cut or whatever, I, I if I'm the 49ers, I'm rolling with two quarterbacks and then having Brandon Allen be my practice squad quarterback because he's a veteran. You can automatically cut him and resign him to the practice squad. I'm not even rolling with him as my third quarterback because that's a waste of a roster spot for a player who won't make any other roster. And so to me, I don't understand this rep split. Let me let me, uh, let me let me let me give my so everyone knows I'm pretty 
I'm pretty critical of Kyle Shanahan. So let me, but let and me. I'm not. So let, yeah. right, we're switching roles here today. So let me put on my uh, Kyle Shanahan hat real quick and just defend him a little bit, even though that's not typically what I do. And I am frustrated by the reps, but I will say this. I don't think they expected Brock Purdy to be back this quickly. I don't think nobody told us that Brock Purdy was going to be back this quickly. Even, and even if they were hoping he would, uh, they still didn't know if that was going to be the case. So, they probably plan things not expecting Brock Purdy to come back, right? They probably thought, okay, we're going to be – this is Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, and uh, Brandon Allen. And then when Brock comes back, we'll, we'll switch things up. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw that part out there. And then uh, the other thing I want to say is that I, he's probably going to switch this soon, I would imagine. The other thing, too, that I keep in mind is Brock Purdy played – yesterday he's going to play today and then he has to take a day off i'm wondering there's a bunch of questions in here but i'm wondering because i want to be there sunday since he's not going to be throwing on saturday do you think he'll be throwing sunday or do you think that would, yeah he will? he'll i think he will because they it, it coincides really well for brock purdy because his off day is the okay. day the 49ers are off so i would assume he throws on sunday so what i wanted to say about that is even though brock's getting a shitload now he won't even be throwing on third day so if he's sunday monday so he'll be off tuesday um this coming week most likely uh and then that will be all more trey lance and sam darnold getting more reps at that time so even though i hate what's going on that's my little defense uh and explanation and i fully anticipate i'm hoping i'm fucking hoping excuse my language that kyle shanahan next week is like all right we got to switch something up here now because i seen what i need to see and go forward with at least just three getting the majority of the reps. Do you think that's possible, or do you think he's going to ride this out for a while? Now, it's interesting, right? Because on day one, when Brandon Allen was the QB3, right? I mean, like, it seemed like Brandon Allen wasn't getting that many reps at all, at least that many throwing reps, right? I think he ended maybe with four passes on the day. Uh, Lance and Darnold both ended with a good amount more and a good amount more reps in general. And then yesterday, it seemed like just—I mean, it seemed like the percentage obviously increased for Brandon Allen, whereas it decreased for both Lance and Darnold. I'm hoping for as well that it changes. But if I think about it, right in the in the in the in the landscape of things, I don't excuse him for that. If if he's not anticipating, you should have anticipated that Brock Purdy could have happened. They've been like at least that's what you're telling the media. We are hoping he's back for training camp. And so if they didn't anticipate it, that's on them because. They've at least been portraying as if they can anticipate it. And even if they weren't, you've got to have at least a contingency plan for if he's back on the field. Because if he's back on the field, you're obviously going to accommodate to suit Brock. And so I think that that plan should have definitely been there. And I'm assuming that plan is uh, was was implemented. As for your take, I can understand that, right? Where you're saying, you know, maybe we uh, we, we liquidate the reps that Brock, or sorry, that Sam and Trey get here because we understand they're going to be throwing a lot on these days. But if you're looking at it, those there's probably only two days in this entire 10, uh, 11 practice session that Brock Purdy will not be there throwing, right? You talk about that Tuesday. The 49ers are off Wednesday, so that helps Brock. They, he, he's they're gonna he's gonna throw Thursday, Friday, and then he won't throw Saturday. And then he'll throw Sunday and Monday, and that's the end of training camp or whatever the whatever the day count is. I don't even know if they're on Saturday. And so, you know, the the split like that. I mean, I think the like I, I think that it's 
only two days that you're going to see those extra reps. And I think that it's got to be divided out a little more. I'm not saying don't give Brandon Allen any reps, but I think that you should do with Brandon Allen what you're doing with Trey and Sam. Once every five or six sets, you give reps to Brandon Allen. It should be Brock, Trey, Sam. Brock, one of the Trey or Sam, and then Allen. And then it uh, re- repeat that cycle again, where each guy gets two sets of reps in every every six, essentially. Uh, or, you know, at, like maybe once you get one set of reps, maybe once you get another set of reps so that you split it with Allen. But you get a chance for more reps. And so that's the way that I look at it. And obviously it's tough on their part because you're balancing four quarterbacks, which personally I don't understand as much. Balancing it four quarterbacks here um, and, you know, one, with the balance with four quarterbacks, it's tough because you want to also guarantee Brock gets all the one reps. So I'm going to ask you uh, a couple things. I'm going to continue my Kyle Shanahan defense with this one thing. And I don't know why I'm doing this. I actually don't like this role at all. I see, maybe, maybe this is why I'm happy right now. Because yeah. like you get to you get to I get to see you positive Kyle for a minute. And of course yeah. we talk positive about Kyle here and there. But like, yeah. you know, I get to see this positive side uh for you. So yeah. I'll be the negative Nancy. You can be the positive guy. Is it possible that Kyle was like, All right, this is crazy. I need to figure out if Brandon Allen is worth keeping on this roster or not. And that's why he <clears throat> gave him so many reps yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it could be. But, or do you think it's – I really believe in Brandon Allen and he deserves more reps. It's kind of one of the case, things. then we've got a real issue because if you <laughs> truly believe that Brandon Allen, the 30-year-old quarterback who has struggled throughout his NFL career, is better than the 24-year-old guy who you deemed a good thrower of the football, even compared yeah. him to Steve Young, and then Trey Lance, the guy who you thought so highly of to select him third overall, then we've got an issue with you and your identifying the quarterback talent. I don't think it was that. Maybe maybe it was, though, the first strategy. You you truly wanted to see what you got out of Brandon Allen. But even in that, like, there's nothing yesterday from Brandon Allen that told me that he, he should make or he shouldn't make this roster because yeah. a good majority of his throws are these dump downs, right? And so there's nothing with the extra reps from Brandon Allen that told me yesterday that, yeah, this is your guy. And yeah. I don't think you can ever take one day of reps for that. And so that's where I'm curious, does this continue? One thing that I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised, though, is today's practice is not open to fans. This is where they could let Brock, uh, Trey Lance and Sam Donald really unleash because they're secretive, right? They don't want this stuff out on video and things like that for whatever reason. So this it's could be the day they let them out unleash. Media? It is open to media. Okay. Yeah, it is open to media. All right. So maybe yeah. we'll see, but yeah. The, the, the reason – so I was a coach, obviously just, just a basketball coach in high school, right? I just stopped. I coached for over a decade. One thing I would do, though, and we got to remember that this is not only a camp – a training camp. They call it a training camp, right? It's to get ready for the season, but it's also a tryout. And so what I would do is guys that I know are going to make the team. I would have them, you guys go play over there. And I would have the guys that I have. I'm either on the borderline or I'm pretty sure aren't going to make the team. I have them battle out. I give them the most rest because those are the guys I'm trying to see. Okay. I got my top 10. I need to figure out who my bottom five are. And maybe that's more of what this is for Brandon Allen. Like yesterday was, Hey, I, we got to see a little bit more of Brandon Allen because right now I'm feeling like we need to get rid of him. Let's see if there's any reason to keep him. Let's give him more reps. And maybe that maybe that's what we saw uh, from Brandon Allen yesterday. And then real quick, Pablito had this up. Looks like you're a member, man. Thank you for being a member. Uh, he had this question that I want to just confirm because I had uh, AWOL on. He said this was what happened. But here Lance had like a 20-minute rep between breaks. I heard someone say Darnold did too. So 
both those guys had like a 20 minute break between reps. Is that true? Now I can't verify the exact number, mm-hmm. but like I said, it's, they were playing once every five set of reps. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's tough. And I think that the 49ers, they tried to do a, a, a little switch, right? Because there was a period where I think they were trying to keep each quarterback warm. So if I go to my notes real quick, when it got, it, when it went to seven on sevens, it went Brock, Sam, Brock, like uh, they skip or no, they, no, 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 Brock, Sam, Brandon Allen. Then it went Brock, Trey. Then they went to 11s and then it was Brock, Trey again. So they, they, maybe they tried to keep the quarterback warm where they went to the same second stringer again. But that meant that because again, you're going with Brandon Allen. So that meant that it was Brock, Sam, Brandon, Brock, Trey, Brandon, or Brock, Trey, they didn't have a uh, they didn't have a set because that was the end of seven on sevens. Brock Trey, Brock Trey, Darnold. Oh, sorry, Brock Trey, Brandon Allen, Brock Darnold. So Darnold had like a seven eight set layoff there, and so he was he was probably on the bench for maybe close to twenty minutes. And because they gave Darnold extra reps, I mean, sorry, because they gave Lance extra reps because he was back to back. What did they do? They went Brock, uh, Sam, Brandon Allen. Brock, Sam, Brandon Allen, Brock, Trey, and that was the end of practice. So they gave each quarterback a really significant layoff and gave them back-to-back sets. So hmm. that's like that was an interesting thing. I, I didn't know what to necessarily make of it. Are they trying to keep them warm and uh, you know keep their arms loose? But also in doing that, the next set that they have is so far away. It's about fifteen to twenty minutes. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. You guys know I'm pretty critical of Kyle Shanahan, but honestly, from what I've heard, it really sounds like to me he's like, we got to see if there's any point of having Brandon Allen here. It seems like that's what's going on. I, I could be wrong, right? I think, but obviously he believes in Brock, and I think, you know, he thinks Sam and Trey are the next best guys. He's looking at Brandon Allen. As, I, he's, I'm guaranteed he's looking at Brandon Allen as the fourth best quarterback on this team. So he probably just wants to see if it's worth worth it. Now, if he comes out today and gives him a hell of reps again and this continues, then I will be completely wrong. But we'll see if it continues. It might not. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the biggest question for sure. I want to ask you about this because Nighty About Nature gave me a $20 super chat earlier and I didn't give it much uh, response. And now that we're talking about quarterbacks, he says, Trey better show up and show out. No time to wither under pressure. Oh, yeah, it's me sometimes. He's like, but look. Trey better show up and show out. No time to wither under pressure. From what I heard, it sounded like Trey was a little bit uncomfortable now that Brock was back. He lost a little bit of confidence yesterday now that Brock was back. That's what people are saying. I want to get your take on it. And if that's the freaking case, I'm annoyed because Trey Lance, there's no time for that shit anymore, man. You got to be confident regardless of the situation. If you want to succeed in this league, did you notice that from Trey or are other people – Kind of mistaken in that. I wouldn't say that it was a lack of confidence because Brock was back. I honestly think if there was any confidence breaker, it was his first throw. It was an awful throw. He tried fitting this ball into double coverage, and that was the near interception where he he tried hitting Juwan Jennings, I believe, over the middle. Samuel Womack was draped all over him. It was great coverage, but then Demetrius Flanagan Fowles also tipped the ball. Um, it was probably 15 yards downfield. Good play. He, he was uh, in a good position, and he tipped the ball, and Womacker uh, nearly intercepted it. 
if anything, that that was that was probably the play that really changed it. And this is one thing that I've had conflicting views on because that with that play right there after that, Lance did an attempt to uh, pass over ten yards uh, for the rest of the day uh, with the rest of his opportunities in in, in eleven on elevens and seven on sevens. I can go back and look, but he didn't. I, I don't even think in seven on sevens he attempted a pass downfield that much. Now it could be thought of as one or two things. He's looking to take the easy route. He's looking to take the easy route. And there were some where I was like, because he went to the check down so quick on a few plays, like without going through the progressions, he went to the check down so quick that I was like, why, why not let the play develop in something like that? But also something that Marco pointed out to me and that I thought about before writing my article is so many people criticized Trey Lance for not being able to take the easy play last year. So yeah. many people, that was his biggest critique the short game can you can you work the short game as well as you can work the deep game and so and if if you think about it that way he's working on his short game and again there were still some poor throws he missed Braden now uh Braden willis high in the flat on a pass that should have been right at his chest and caught he, he let him too much and missed him high in the flat uh on a, on a quick throw but you know he's working the short game and there were some good throws in the short game where you know he's just getting it out quick and things like that and so that's the that's the dilemma for me is is he trying to work the short game as well as uh you know is trying to improve the short game or is it truly like you know why isn't he taking those shots when those shots are available? Because there was one to two plays that I thought he could have fired it um, on day one. Yesterday, though, before those plays even developed sometimes, you know, he was taking the short game or he was going for the check down after going through progressions and things like that. So I'm a little, um, you know, conflicted in that aspect. But the one thing is when the other two quarterbacks are surveying and taking shots at all three parts of the field and then you see Trey Lance not take it, then, you know, it could view, it could paint a different picture in fans' minds. Yeah, I mean, so with Trey, there's a lot of good stuff to me from what I've seen. Oh, you got to get going, right? Uh, I got five minutes, so go for it. Okay, there's a lot of stuff that, like, uh, it's encouraging to me, right? He seems to be throwing with touch. Everyone said he couldn't throw with touch. He's throwing with touch. Uh, Everybody said he needed to work on his mechanics. His mechanics look a lot better. His, uh, you know, release time is a lot better. He's All those things seem to be really good. Um, you know, people said he couldn't make the short passes and in games, he was barely, he was only throwing them 49% of the time below 10 yards. Most of his passes were deep, um, you know, which was the reverse for Brock. Brock was doing it 70% of the time and uh, not going as deep as much. So it was interesting to hear that now Trey is the one going shallow and Brock Purdy came out yesterday trying to show off that arm. I think he heard that Dink and Dunk talk a little bit Um Larry said he thinks he overthrew him on purpose. I don't think that's the case, um, but I, I honestly, for one of them, at least, I mean, I don't know if that's the case. Maybe though, like you know, it's just like a, a way that I'm back because like one of them was like thrown into a double, like oh that's something. Where a lot of people thought you know him throwing so deep is so positive because of his arm strength. I thought one of his throws though, he he threw into double coverage when he had Ronnie Bell on a crosser on a deep one of those. It's one of those you know where you set up the deep shot is to take away the safety so that the crosser can come over to the field. I thought he had Bell, but again, like you got to take it as you may because he's trying to he's trying to air that hoe out right, and so uh, it's yeah, there. I mean, right? I, I think he's trying to show off that arm, but I would yeah. be I would be. I don't think he overthrew him on purpose, right? You can still show up that arm by making the pass, 
right? Hey, it was it was yeah. a deep pass. Anyway, it's not like he overthrew him by twenty yards. I'm I'm imagining, right? It was one of them. One one of them was maybe like five, ten yards. Like it, one of them was like a like a, a true overthrow, and then one of them was just hit the sideline uh, to the right side, a little a bit of an overthrow. Yeah. Well, it's it's really good to hear that he can you know make the, these passes and his arms a hundred percent. I don't buy that he was overthrowing people on purpose. I think it would have been just as impressive if he actually connected. But I do think that he was probably trying to show off that arm. Uh, so I, I give him credit for that. I think here's the dink and duck talk. Um, all right, man. So what do you expect from day three? We'll wrap this up. What are you, what are you looking for from today? Uh, from today, I'm looking for really, uh, well, obviously all eyes on the quarterbacks. My number one thing was consistency. Didn't think really that was showed at all um, from either of the options who played on day one. And obviously not a great day from uh, Brock Purdy. Can they bounce back? Are they? Is Kyle Shanahan going to let Trey Lance rip it? Like, uh, is he going to rip it this uh, today? That's that's that. Those are some of the questions on my mind. As for offensive line and things like that, um, I don't think one on ones will be today. But I'm wondering, you know, um, do they get in a bit of a better groove now? Trent's back at his Trent's back at a spot. Do they get in a bit of a, a bit of a better groove and somewhat even the gap between them and the defense? Those are my two questions. We'll see how it goes though. Right on, man. Um, okay, cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing you Sunday. We will link up then. Real quick before I get out of here, I want to give a shout-out to my sponsors, Underdog. If you guys do gamble on sports, go to Underdog. The description's in the link. Click the link. Use the promo code Hensley. They'll give you $100 up to your initial deposit. I'm also sponsored by Blue Water Credit. Uh, their information is in the description and the details as well. If you need help fixing your credit, click that link. Make sure you tell them Ryan G. Hensley sent you, and they will take great care of you. Also, Hensley Real Estate and Mortgage Lending is a sponsor of the channel. Also, Hensley Solar. Those are my businesses. I'm actually going out today showing a friend and a 49ers fan who I met on YouTube showing him houses today. Um, it's actually the fourth or fifth 49ers fan I've helped buy or sell a house. Um, there we so go. It, it, yeah, so make sure if you guys need help um, with any of that stuff, you reach out to me. I love helping people. It's my passion. Rohan, one more time. Where do they follow you on Twitter? Where do they follow you on YouTube? And make sure you comment in the YouTube uh, your actual link for your channel. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you see the name the the name in the description. If you search that up on YouTube or Twitter, you're going to be able to find my name. Twitter at Rohan Chakrov, and then YouTube is my full name. But thank you guys as always for your support the past few days. I mean, it really appreciate I uh, really appreciate it. We'll drop my link in the chat. And Ryan, as always, appreciate you for you know allowing me to come on and uh, have a good time here on the show. Yeah, man. Before I let you go, uh, Tarverius says, Rohan, check to see if Purdy extends arm all the way. Conflicting report. Can you do that for us? We'll do the next time I'm out there. Right on, man. Thank you very much for being here, buddy. Make sure you guys also go subscribe to Rohan. I'll be back when I can come back. Not sure. Schedule's all over the place, but you'll hear from me soon. Appreciate you guys. Have a good day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.